Pavillon Afrique is a platform that promotes stakeholders of the film industry from Africa and its diaspora. With each episode, you will learn a little bit more about the ecosystem, thanks to our guests, professionals, experts, and film lovers. Welcome to all. Today, it's my pleasure to introduce you to Renée Robinson, the film commissioner of Jamaica. She has two decades of senior management in content programming, regulation, policy, strategic planning, and industry intelligence. Renée has worked and lived in Europe, USA, Canada, and even in South Africa. Good morning, Renée. Hi, good morning, Karine. How are you? Well, it's Hi. afternoon for you now. <laughs> yes, yeah, afternoon for me, it's true. But you, we are seven hours uh, ahead of you. Yeah. Yes, so we cannot begin this conversation uh, in the midst of the coronavirus pandemic without asking you how is Jamaica doing and eventually what steps or actions you have been taken just to soften the blow uh, on the film industry. Jamaica is doing okay. Um, we are, we've suffered just like um, many countries have, but we were fortunate in that our government closed the borders quite early. Uh, so I think it would have been in early March that we instituted the travel restrictions and we also instituted gathering regulations of no more than 10 people in public spaces. Um, most we have a work from home uh, policy now and um, and productions have been trying to manage we've been working with our productions to make sure that they're able to reschedule their dates or that they understand the, the responsibilities and making sure that they are utilizing masks and gloves and all of those kinds of things and we're actually drafting guidelines right now for what it, what it, the regulations will need to be for safe back to set um, the government is expected to open the travel restrictions in June. And so after that, I anticipate that we will have the return to from international productions will be returning and also local productions will now have the opportunity to go back to work. So you'll have a very busy time once everything will be, uh, the bands will be lifted. Yes, yeah. Well, I'm hoping so. I'm hoping so. I know there's always going to be some things that, you know, the rescheduling just wasn't possible. But yeah, we're definitely looking forward to getting our crews back to work and getting people back to being able to earn a living and to do what they love. So yeah, definitely looking forward to having a very busy second half of the year and then early into the next year when the majority of the things are re being rescheduled. Okay, I know you're working on that. Oh, the, the Jamaican Film Commission is working just to make things happen again, because I get that the theaters are closed as well. So yeah. Everything, everything has been closed. Um, you know, there's been the, the gathering laws of no more than 10 people. Um, even beaches have been closed. So, you know, it's been very, it's been very difficult. It's not, it, it, it's not what we are accustomed to in Jamaica right now. <laughs> yeah, but you know, everything, even the bad things, you know, they go away. At some point so it's just yeah. the matter to is to be prepared right. let's come back to you i understand that becoming the film commissioner has been your dream for a long time well, tell me what excites you so much about this position well, the first thing I have to do is I really need to recognize the one of the former film commissioners, Del Crooks. She was the film commissioner of Jamaica in the 90s, 
I believe. And that is when I first learned of this, of even a role or a job that was the film commissioner was through Del Crooks. I remember having a meeting with her. Um, you know, I must have been an early teenager and, you know, I was just interested in the career and understanding what it is and stuff like that. And it was, it was Del Crooks that inspired me to, to, you know, um, to, move my career into film and to even, in, you know, let me know that there was even a job entitled the film commissioner. Um, and I think one of the things that has been most rewarding about this job is being able to actually make a difference um, on the economic trajectory of other persons who are trying to build their careers in the film industry. So as a commissioner, my job is to work with both international productions that are looking to film in Jamaica and to build the local economy and to build the local screen-based economy. And that has definitely been one of the most rewarding uh, components of it because Jamaica is known across the globe for our reputation as a cultural icon as a nation we have this strong cultural legacy um, and we've had it in music and in sports and in you know our tourism product and but our film product is one of those that is emerging now so we've always been known as a destination with beautiful locations and now we're actually identifying our emerging talent and helping them to to, to build this unique Caribbean aesthetic and to bring that cinema, the Caribbean cinema to the world. Yeah, because I understand as well that you've been uh, working with, uh, you, you are working also with African countries and uh, you bring a lot of uh, countries to your Jamaica so they can shoot there. So can you tell me about the economics of the uh, program productions coming to Jamaica? In terms of uh, value, in terms of uh, uh, position created, etc. Absolutely. So one of the things that as a commission, we are responsible for monitoring because we, we issue the licenses. So we actually monitor the econometric impact of the screen-based industry on GDP. And so what we've been noticing is that we handle probably about 120 to 140 film productions per year, international productions that are coming into the country. And these vary. So on the large end, it is, you know, major feature films like James Bond. Um, but then on the other side, it's also music videos or documentaries or, you know, um, TV episodes. So it really does go that whole range. And we, so we do about 120 to 125 to 140 productions of those a year. Um, in the last fiscal year, so the last set of audited data that we have would be for the 2018 to 2019 fiscal year. And in that fiscal year, we did uh, over 2.3 billion Jamaican dollars um, in the value of film production expenditure that was contributed to GDP. So this, this is, is quite a lot. It for is a country which has less less than. Three million inhabitants. 
Yeah, less than 3 million inhabitants and obviously a much smaller percentage of that that is engaged in the film industry. So we monitor about 2,500 jobs per year for Jamaicans who are working in the film industry. Um, these are temporary, so they are ongoing. Um, but there is a full-time equivalency. And those, those people who are working in the film industry, their work contributed 2.3 billion Jamaican dollars to the, to the industry in the last audited financials. So, this is awesome. Uh, thank um, you. So can, you say, can you say that uh, these people, what I mean is that you have it in your law to, uh, for international production to employ local people or does it come naturally just because they are they know their trade so it is not in our law and in fact as that has both positive and negative because if it is in our law then obviously it's something that we can mandate but the fact that it is not in our law and productions are currently hiring on average 65% local crew means that there is a level of confidence in the Jamaican population. Mm -hmm. There's a level of high skilled, they are trained, they are professional, they are globally recognized. And so we find that many productions that come here, they bring heads of departments only. Um, and then they're hiring up to 65% of their of their crew base for each production is being hired locally. Okay, uh, so I go. I guess it's because you do the job of uh, uh, talking about who is do doing what. Do you have a sort of uh, a listing of your uh, professionals? technical, etc. We do, yep. And we also work very closely with the Jamaica Film and TV Association. So JAFTA is the industry body that regulates the, well, not regulates, but it's an advocacy group and a, um, the membership body for the persons who are working in the film industry in Jamaica. And so we work very closely with them and with their members to make sure that when a production is coming into the island, that it's connected to the people who are working. We usually facilitate this business meetings with the casting director, with the locations manager, and with a variety of productions managers, because we find that once we've introduced the international production to those three people, then they will start to crew up and hire locally based on all of those positions. So, you know, we work very closely with the industry association to make sure that the membership is aware of opportunities and that there are, you know, business meetings are made available for them. We even host them in our offices at the Film Commission. So when a production comes down, we will make sure to set up a schedule of, it's an itinerary that we set up for them where at you know 10 o'clock they have this meeting and then at 11 they're meeting with someone else, at 12 they're meeting with someone else. So we try to give the variety of people who are working here the opportunity to meet with the production company to have the discussions and then the production company will choose who they want to work with you know it's important for us to make sure that people are doing business with people that they feel comfortable with and that they have an alignment with and so we facilitate the meetings and then allow them to do their negotiations and to decide okay because you're creating the network the opportunity and then the people will decide whatever they want to do but i understand as well that uh, um, Jamaica has a very specific organization regarding the Film Commission, which is part of uh, JAMPRO, which is the agency that promotes business opportunity in export 
an investment to the local and international private sector. It means that you really deal with the business of film daily, not only film as an entertainment, but as a business. And uh, uh, if we go back to what you said about the uh, $15 million in terms of uh, share of the GBP, uh, probably it's because of this organization as well. Because yeah. usually in other countries, you know, the Film Commission is under the Ministry of Culture or the Ministry of Tourism. Yes, absolutely. So we're a part of the National Investment Promotion Agency um, and we feed into the Ministry of Industry. So yes, I recognize in many countries, the film commissions are usually a part of either culture or tourism. And you find that in those areas, the depending on where your commission is positioned, then there will be different priorities that are going to be evolving for, for that entity. And so for us, we're very business focused. Um, we look at the, yes, of course, the film industry is a cultural product. And yes, of course, it also does have a strong impact on film tourism and they are definitely connected and we work very closely as well with our ministry of culture and with our ministry of tourism but for what is the what is important to us is to be able to ensure that the industry is viable that it is monetized that it is growing and that our people are contributing to economic growth and economic development for the country so we do see it as an industry it does have a connection to the cultural product and the tourism product but we really do see it as an industry and i think that's why the way that we're structured we look at incoming productions as investment and then we also treat local content and local talent we provide an export pipeline for them so we do a lot of work with attending other markets um, with having national delegations that go to different film festivals like Cannes and the pavilion afrique so you know we try to make sure that there is global business opportunities that are available whether it is investment coming in both foreign direct investment and working with local direct investors in the country and also to look at uh, local content and local talent and to create an export opportunity for them so that they are better able to access distribution, access sales, access acquisitions opportunities, access co-production opportunities. So we really do see it as, as, a, as a global business. Uh, what is the, your uh, main success in terms of uh, uh, selling um, Jamaican content internationally? Well, so we're not a sales agent. So, you know, the, 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 I just wanted to, that to be, to yeah, be clear. Uh, yeah, um, yeah, so we will facilitate, but we still want to make sure that the local production company is either working with a sales agent or a distributor, or that they are able to navigate and to be their own entrepreneur and to work with them to navigate and to negotiate their deals as well. We support them on that and we help with training and to get them prepared. And also obviously with, you know, just advisory capacity. But, you know, we, we definitely make sure that they are moving through the business process with the, with the, legal team and the accountants and all of those people that they need to have with them.
But I would say some of the things that we are most proud of, um, definitely um, Storm Salto and Sprinto, that film has done so well. It's currently on Netflix. Um, recently, we also had Kia Williams with her film Flight, and that won an award at the Diversity in Cannes program, and also several awards all over the world. She's actually, she's gone to do an, a fellowship at HBO right now, so we're very proud of her. We're very proud of Joseph which was done, uh, produced by Marcia Weeks and starring Kevoy Burton. And that was actually filmed between Jamaica and I believe it was in Ghana and Nigeria. So there was a, a cross-continent South-South uh, component to that as well. Um, and then always proud. So we manage a talent. We work with JAFTA um, on a talent discovery program called JAFTA Propeller. And through this program, we identify up to five filmmakers each year, local talent. And these are essentially the talent to watch for that year. And we provide them through the partnership with um, training in script development with they get attached to a development executive they get training in producing and directing they receive a grant to actually produce the film and then we take them into the different markets so that the film receives exposure so that program we're very proud of and you know i really have to say as much as i've been able to single out a few of these that you know are coming to the forefront right now it really is, you know, that the industry has seen so much growth in the past few years with what has been happening locally that it just really has, it's, it's really something that is such a joy to see. For decades, Jamaica has been only known as a location or, you know, we've had, obviously the harder they come and we've had, we've had those hits in between, but we're really now seeing an explosion of local talent, local uh, talent, local content coming out onto the market um, and actually seeing what our local talent is able to do. Okay, so you were in the middle of a very exciting period for Jamaica films. Yes, I think so. And not just for film, but also for animated content as well. So we've seen quite a bit of, of interest coming out of our digital communities. Um, animation companies have been on the rise. They have been, you know, we just had, we had an, a, um, a segment on, on Sesame Street recently that was produced by one of our local companies, Listed Me Caribbean with Kenya Mattis. So there was, you know, there's been all of these things that are happening locally. It's very vibrant right now okay i understand that you do co-productions or anyway partnerships with uh, some african countries like uh, with ghana which kind of uh, interactions do you have with them well, it's not an official treaty. Um, we do have an official co-production treaty with the UK, but we do have partnerships that we work with um, um, with South Africa. We've been doing a lot of, of work talking to the officials in South Africa, um, also in Ghana and Nigeria in particular. And so those are, you know, the Anglophone, you know, English speaking African countries mainly. Um, and so we found that we have a lot of our filmmakers who are working, who are moving between 
Ghana. We had Denisha Prendergast, um, who's actually Bob Marley's granddaughter. She's a filmmaker. And herself and Michael Kush Asher, they filmed in, um, in Africa. So they traveled around to several countries and they produced, um, they produced a film there called 50 Days in Africa. Um, and we've also had Nigeria and South Africa. And uh, we have FIBA TV, which is actually in Jamaica right now, um, filming. Um, so we've had quite a few of these cross, uh, cross relationships. Um, but as I mentioned, nothing in a formal treaty, but um, you know, we are working on ways to create a pipeline. Okay, and what about the Caribbean? Because you're in the, you know, in the middle of the Caribbean, do you also have close ties with them in terms of uh, filming? Yes, yes, we do. So we actually, there is a regional association for the film commissioners of the Caribbean. Um, and uh, myself and Trinidad have played a very active role in leading that group. Um, and so this is just a body that incorporates all of the different film commissioners from across the region. So there's that. And then most recently, um, Jamaica was awarded a grant from the Caribbean Development Bank. And this is to work with Jamaica, Trinidad and Barbados to create a development program for the animation industry. So we're going to be selecting an animation company in Jamaica, one in Trinidad and one in Barbados. And they're going to be working on an, in a large international project together and seeing how to manipulate the pipeline um, within the region and also how to access the um, regional resources that exist so that all of the different countries can benefit and so that we can hire people in all three countries to work on this particular international project so you know so that's a that's a major initiative that we're undertaking now um, and we are always very connected to the rest of the Caribbean. So, for example, the uh, Trinidad and Tobago Film Festival, which happens every year in September, August, September, um, that happens to be a bit of a of a meeting ground. So we find that a lot of the the region meets in Trinidad, and that's where we update on what's happening in each other's jurisdiction, and we start negotiating partnerships, and you know that kind of thing. Okay, do you have a fund in Jamaica or in the Caribbean, a common or just uh, one in Jamaica that you can use for other uh, territories as well? Um, sorry, I didn't hear the question. Do we have a... Do you have a fund? A fund, oh, okay. Um, so we are actually in the process of developing a Jamaica Screen Fund initiative right now. Um, it is in its final stages, so it's not yet available, but, um, you know, so we are working on that. I hope it to be, well, hopefully it won't be too impacted by, uh, by COVID at this point, because I know obviously priorities are shifting and, you know, our governments are, are trying to, you know, focus on the most important priorities right now. Um, so I, we do have to see where that will go now, um, but there is that that's being worked on. And then the CDB has the, um, the Creative Industries Innovation Fund, which is available across the region. Um, but one of the things that we've also been doing is working very closely with local investors. 
So we took a delegation of Jamaican financiers to Los Angeles um, a, two years ago um, to have meetings with film financiers there so that they could better understand how to invest and monetize out of the creative economy. Because what we find is that there's, there's money in the Caribbean, but it goes towards real estate or um, hotel and tourism or the BPO industry. Classic investment. Yeah, exactly. Classic investment. And which rightfully so, you know, there's a lot of different factors that go into how an investor chooses what they want to invest in. And for many of them, they just weren't aware of, you know, they they're, it's not that they're risk averse, it's that they need to understand risk mitigation for the creative economy. And so one of the things that we've really tried to do is to work with our investor cohort to help them to become more aligned so that the investors can understand how the creative economy functions and then they can better make decisions about what creative projects to, to be investing in. Okay, this is very interesting because this is something I've heard for other countries that the, uh, the usually people who are used to invest in sort of brick, modern brick projects, you know, they have something they know more or less the outcome. Uh, while right. in the film industry, it's more or less like you don't really know if the movie is going to work or not, but or if you get your money, it would be. Uh, if you get it back, it would be on a longer uh, period. So right. very interesting that uh, right, exactly. they, can and, and they are fact, willing to learn about, about that. Yeah. yeah, they are willing to learn. And then in the, in the, the um, design of the fund that we are working on, we actually hired Nordicity, which is a very well-known uh, management creative management consulting agency. They have offices in Toronto and in London, and they have written and designed funds for several other governments and they are the company that we selected to design this fund for us so you know we've really been very sensitive to ensure that the the design of the fund takes into account all of the industry best practices and that it makes sense for investors and for governments okay so do you have a foreign investors for local contents uh, no, not at the moment. I mean, we we do work with, so in many of the times when I'm in market, I try to meet with some of those persons to develop an interest for them in the Jamaican economy. So that is part of the role in the Film Commission and particularly because we are within the investment agency. So that is definitely one of the roles of, of something that we do, um, but we're, we're definitely still working on that. Okay, so um, what is your biggest achievement since you took office four years ago? That's something you're really proud of. Oh, two oh or my six. gosh. <laughs> <laughs> Don't be shy. <laughs> what a question. Um, well, I have to say, I'm, I'm, I'm really proud just in general of the movement that has happened in the Jamaican film industry. The transition from being mainly locations-based to actually developing a viable local economy, that is something that I am definitely quite proud of. Um, and I have to say, just in my own 
personal professional capacity being the film commissioner under whose tenure we hosted james bond for its 20th <laughs> anniversary yeah, I think, yeah. be the crowning moment of my career <laughs> i guess you will remember that i will always remember such a big production how long did the negotiation last before they said okay we want to do it here and there this is how the conditions i think there was there was definitely obviously jamaica is the home of james bond hmm. so there was already a desire not just within the production team themselves but also just within the script and the development of it to bring james bond home so we were fortunate in that in in that manner um but the negotiations started with our minister of culture um because she had actually been involved with the when james bond shot here in its original days so you know so the relationship existed there as well um and it probably was about maybe two years or so um, from the point when the discussions first started mm -hmm. to the point when they came for um, pre-production and for their scouting. Okay, so I and hope we you have, have another one that's big. I hope so. I hope so. We are definitely we're seeing how things are shifting now in post-COVID times. Um, we did have some large productions that were were set to be shot here in the summer, and so they've had to shift their dates a little bit. Um, so you know we're working with them right now. Um, but yeah, we're definitely definitely working with the productions to to bring some some big ones uh, home within the next year. Okay, we will follow that then. Okay, and what are the challenges that you still face and that you really want to work on? Um, I think the, the area of funding is definitely something that we do need to, we need to attack it with, with a laser focus because that is, that's core. It's core to the way that we are able to produce. It's core to the way that business opportunities are able to open. And, you know, it just, it's something that we are very, we're very aware that this is a gap. This is something that we need to fix. Um, so being able to identify not just funding, but to also put uh, funding parameters in place um, because we want to be able to, investors need to be protected as well. And so they are a core stakeholder. So that is definitely still an area of challenge that, you know, we continue to work through. Mm -hmm. We want to be able to see a set path for distribution. So when I say that, what I mean is that right now we have individual successes. We have some hits. We have a few people, we have a few items of content that have made it but we want that to be a path so it shouldn't be that you know oh well if, if one person if storm salter gets onto netflix then oh that's great storm salter got onto netflix how can anyone else follow that path what are the steps that need to be taken in order for anyone else who also has the talent the vision, the opportunity, and the content created of a as an investment-ready, commercially viable content. How do they get also get onto Netflix? Mm -hmm. 
how do they also create distribution patterns and distribution opportunities for themselves? So we want to be able to, and standardize isn't the word, but you know, we want to be we able to, to, be to generate the process. Exactly, exactly. We want we need a path. Mm. We need a path that can be followed that you know has has consistent results if you are feeding it with consistent you know consistent content consistent talent and these are the consistent results i understand that um my uh, i know you also have um consulting agency a consultancy agency oh consult oh <laughs> sorry i wasn't hearing so well um yes i do i work to work yeah <laughs> yes so i do i i have my my own firm uh strategic screen um and this like any of us who work in the arts we all have our own uh consultancies as well and so some of the work that i do is is management consultancy particularly on um screen-based companies market entry market access and helping to develop business opportunities for them. A lot of the work that I've been doing, you know, because I've been so connected to, to finance and to investors, I'm really seeing um, a gap, an area of opportunity in, um, in being a bridge between the content that is investment ready and commercially viable and connecting it to both investors and distribution paths. So, you know, I really am seeing that, that, um, that opportunity there. Um, and, you know, fortunately, you know, the work that I'm doing has me very well positioned to, to support in that area. Okay. So as an expert, what you, would you uh, advise to a country uh, to create a valuable theme industry? Let's say the three steps. Um, definitely first is to um, create legislation. Um, I know many of our particularly diaspora, Caribbean, Africa, um, many of our jurisdictions do not have the necessary legislation in place. If you look at countries, uh, jurisdictions that have a mature and robust film economy, places like France, like the UK, like Canada, those countries have a very specific legislation that has incentivized the, the, the development of the economy and that has put uh, systems and structures in place in order to allow those industries to grow. So having a film act, ensuring that there is an industry, you know, guilds and unions, having um, a fund, having, you know, um, incentive schemes, whether it's by tax credits or rebates or, you know, other types of um, tax shelters or other types of, of incentives, um, ways for all of the different pieces of the map to actually coalesce around the film industry and to actually legislate that. So I would have to say, and in fact, this is some of the stuff that I've been offering um, with um, other government partners as well, is some of the work that we've been doing in Jamaica. The reason that we've been able to advance um, so quickly in the past few years has simply been through implementing structures. Um, and I know that we are the creative industry and we want to be able to, to be free 
But at the same time, this is still a business. And once those structures are put in place, then it will create guidelines for our creators and our creative people to be free within the structures that will allow them to do their best work. So I really have to say that legislation, putting systems and structures in place is one of the most important things that any government can do if they are really truly dedicated and ready to supporting the growth of a film economy. Thank you so much for sharing with us because I remember that uh, when you talked about Jamaica in the Pavillon Afrique last year, it was uh, people also impressed that such a small country has such a very lively and uh, uh, business of film, 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 film industry. And I do believe that uh, we uh, will take upon Jamaica just to uh, duplicate what you're doing and to have a very solid, strong film industry in Africa and also with the diaspora. Thank you again. Thank you so much, Karine. And uh, to all of you, thanks for listening to Insiders You or the African film industry. Subscribe and tune in next time.